October 30th, 2019, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, Wednesday Night Wars, talking about AEW Dynamite versus NXT on USA. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined, as always, by Matt Morgan, Raj Geary, and Justin Labar to cover all the Wednesday Night Madness. We've got the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. We're going to have two War Games matches coming up at NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, Rick and Morty made appearances tonight on AEW Dynamite, as did Ricky Morton. It was a hell of a night. We had a contract signing. Matt, you watched both shows tonight. Yes, this was this was a great night, I thought. I was very happy with tonight's wrestling. Um, and I just want to say the title of the show is Hashtag Glenn's Comeback. <laughs> um, look, look at Glenn's background, fans watching at home. This is why you need to watch our show. Watch Glenn's uh, background. Check it out, folks. You should have dressed like Bray Wyatt. I, I was looking. I didn't. Ha- I don't own any sweaters, or I would have. But I thought with tomorrow being Halloween, what more appropriate uh, way to celebrate that than by broadcasting from the Firefly Funhouse? Been dressing up as his non-dressed-up version of himself. Is that well, how you're celebrating Halloween? You know, I, I couldn't wear a mask during that. Would be weird. <laughs> how did you get that background really quick i'm not gonna stop oh uh from one of the money in the bank promos there was a shot when he first debuted the fiend there was like an empty shot of the funhouse so i just put that on a loop the little four seconds of video and uh, have that going behind me oh yeah look the curtain moves a little bit every once in a while yeah. yes oh wow technology at its finest uh you look, well you, you look like his accountant sitting in his in his fun house you are you are pot committed to the fun house my friend why can't i be there to you know uh install like check the plumbing or something i mean i'm just saying you know i, I could have any number of jobs but accountant sure i'll take it um so tonight Man, I feel like we should talk about that AEW finish first online. Everybody loved Lucha Brothers versus SCU. But Matt, what did you think about that small package roll-up for the quick finish there? Unpredictable. I, I think that I like when that happens, actually. That shows more real I think that adds more realism to wrestling. It doesn't happen enough. Especially in that company where like you have to like shoot somebody with a freaking elephant gun in order <laughs> to get them not to kick out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love it when it's not a telegraph finish, where it's not boom, 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 you recover, you hit a couple moves, hit your finish, matches over. You know, it's good to have uh, it's good to have variety in there. And remember yeah. these these moves really quick, you guys. These were these moves, small pack. I just said the other night, O'Connor roll, Oklahoma roll, schoolboy, um, all of those small packets. All of those are those were created, you guys, specifically for these upset wins out of nowhere. That's what they're for. Yeah, so I mean, it's fine about time somebody gets a win with one of them. Yeah, what's old is new again. I mean, you used to see a ton of like those those yep. quick, fin- you know. I mean, I think about you know Piper and Brett at WrestleMania eight. I think about you know Diesel and, and Brett and uh, Survivor Series ninety five. These quick roll up small packages. Brett Owen, the victory roll. He had him yeah, the victory. Absolutely, Mania ten. Me and, and Kurt Angle stole that by the way. Bound for Glory. Check it out, fans. <laughs> okay. You don't you don't get that as often, so I like that. But I, the only thing I'm not crazy about, I'm not crazy about it being done to the Lucha Brothers and then them not like attacking afterwards. I feel like they're kind of a vicious tag team that, mm-hmm. the Pentagon just kind of standing there, just you know, that talking was weird to, a little bit with you him know, like him him, ha- him having a debate with the referee. That's not that that doesn't quite jive with me for Pentagon and, and Phoenix. But other, but but I do like the surprise element that they gave us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about AEW first, then NXT, then cover some of the top I, stories in the wrestling world today. The stuff with Cody, which we'll get to, I thought that was even greater. Yeah. Uh, started with, with Cody brother. and Dustin coming in with Tony Schiavone. Um, 
what did you think of that tonight? Having Tony do the ride along, as it were, uh, sitting in the back of the car with Cody. Yeah, different tone, right? I think we've all complained about the plethora of action happening in the ramp or in the ring. This was different for AEW. The aesthetic of it changed it. It wasn't like he talked any different or anything. He did just word. He didn't use any different types of words, right? But what got the message conveyed, ironically, was the aesthetic setup of it, right? I've been saying for years, I wish they would change the aesthetic setup of wrestling in general. This kind of, for me, did that. I was way more attentive to what he was saying for some reason. The only thing I could think of was the setup was different. The aesthetic of it was different. Yeah, it, it felt more personal. It fit because <clears> of the <throat> players. I mean, Tony Schiavone literally has known Cody's family for yeah. you know, 30 years. So it feels like you're seeing this intimate, real conversation with them. And I like the way I like how it segued things because it changed the contract segment up to where you oh, don't yeah. just have the Tony Schiavone out there bringing both people out. He naturally shows up. And I like how you know how often we see the limo pull up, and I always you know laugh at like when a limo pulls up when there's 15 minutes left of the show. I'm like, why is this guy late for work? At least it made sense. The limo pulls up, and they get right out, and they go right to work. I, I, I felt it was a, just a great presentation of something that has been so redundantly done to 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 the worst degree, which is the contract signing in the ring, and even even the fight breaking out. And Jericho kind of mocked that. I thought they did a great job with this. Yeah. Yeah, I think too with the with them coming in on a private plane, it makes them look like big stars. It yeah. makes them look big deal, like big time. And I, I loved it just from an '80s wrestling fan standpoint because that was very Horseman esque, you know, coming in on the private plane and and, and getting off. And uh, I thought that was a cool little uh, "What's old is new again," but putting a twist on it. So I liked it. You know, the one thing with the Tony Schiavone, uh, Cody interview, I really liked the idea of it. The background, like the street noise, was kind of loud. Like it was almost yeah. like kind of hear him, kind of hard to hear him a, a, a little bit. Uh, so that's all I would have fixed. But I, I really liked how they're trying to be different and present, uh, you know, angles and storylines and interviews, things we've seen forever in a different way. And we'll get to the contract signing. I thought they did that great there too. We also had backstage John Moxley going into Tony Khan's office and uh, getting the uh, the audio from behind closed doors. Again, what did they get yeah, I mean, this confrontation. And it was different. They were able to get away with so much because we don't know. We, no, Tony didn't have to look silly or stupid because he's not a worker. And you always run the risk when you don't use work, when, when you have non-workers in these roles where they're being threatened and they've got to faint away or sell and it looks terrible usually, right? Um, here, this was super creative to make us use our own imaginations, our own minds as to what we visually could see in our own minds as to what was happening behind those closed doors, which I thought gave it even more legs and more intensity. I did like how it was shot and, and, and all that. I thought the idea of making it a lights out match that doesn't count is, it just made no sense to me. Yeah. Why are they already doing that? Like back in the day, a lights out match, that's the culmination when you have this long feud that they, it, it, you know, it always ends in a DQ or non-finish, so you have to have this lights-out match where it's non-sanctioned. Um, Don't you think, though, they do it because the wins and losses matter so much that... It, so anytime you don't want someone's you know, yeah. a win and loss to go on someone's record and you make it a lights-out match? If this is realistic, yeah, then you're also admitting and taping your hand that you're worried that you might lose that match, hence why you're requesting it, right? Yeah, and all it does is add a loss to one of their records yeah. and a win. It's not like uh, you know, uh, both of them have losses. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been a fan of the, even though AEW, to their credit, tried. I, I agree with what Matt said. I, I like the fact that it makes you use your own imagination. Maybe Moxley had, like, 
Tony Khan pinned up against the wall. You know, we don't know what it was. Your imagination it, it can run wild. I like that, but yeah, I've never been a fan of the unsanctioned thing because at the end of the day, Tony Khan and AEW are still giving them the TV and pay-per-view time. They're still, like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense that, like, if you truly want unsanctioned, make them go do it in a building that you're not running the show in. Like, I don't know. It, it, maybe it, it, I'm it, lazy it, with my disbelief. My, you know what I mean, Justin? <laughs> maybe I'm, like, like, super lazy with my suspension of disbelief, where I just categorize this crap as a um, hardcore match, anything goes match, no DQ match kind of a thing. And I kind of lump it all together. And I'm like, oh, all right, so this is a match where they can kill each other. Mm. Cool. I'll watch. Yeah. Yeah, but they had the like ladder matches. They had the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, and that was that's a no DQ match essentially, right? And that that counts towards their records. Don't don't mistake me, Matt. I'm still I'm still interested to see the chaos that's going to be, but the whole terms of unsanctioned just make no sense. Yeah, I'm saying, like I didn't catch that. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't give it any thought. I should, but I, I'm just being honest. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I think. Fans with aid of AEW right now are very forgiving. They're not going to call I stuff. I think that's what I'm guilty of here. <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have that new car smell still. Yeah, but it, it, it's saying someone saying it, it fits his character. So what? All his matches are going to be unsanctioned. Don't count towards his win and loss record. There's no reason this was you know should be made a lights out match already. They just did it with John Moxley just a few months ago in his match with Joey Janela, doing it twice with the same wrestler. Yeah. Just because Moxley's unpredictable again, what does that mean? Then all of his matches should be unsanctioned, and he can never get a title shot. It makes no sense. Yeah. I liked uh, the behind closed doors angle. It reminded me of uh, my beloved wrestling with shadows and Brett confronting Vince McMahon. Yeah. And what I liked about it too, is they don't have the camera inside. Like that's what WWE would do, right? Is you would have the camera inside and, and you know, Tony Khan would be watching the monitor sideways and (laughs) you know what I mean? So there was a time for a hot minute when I was with WWE that they actually gave that thought. Um, It was like a six month experiment. Where the where the cameras wouldn't be in that situation, the camera would be all ECW cam and running in there to catch the little bit of the last part of that action. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't they wouldn't put the camera. The, these cameras weren't everywhere. Yeah. They didn't. Make, they, they purposely tried to like think about that. I don't know why they stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Have these cameras perfectly set up inside like a urinal, and there's a fight breaking out in the bathroom, and like how the hell did the camera get in there? What the G- hell? Right. G- GTV. Right. Remember when uh, AJ Styles threw Shane through the uh, oh, car window and there was a, a, a camera inside the car window and <laughs> inside the car? Yeah. So I, I like how it looked uh, looked realistic. Matt, wasn't there a period for TNA, like especially like when Sting and Hogan were doing stuff, weren't they trying to do the same thing backstage or trying to like have the camera yeah. peek through the blinds of a window of, a, of an office? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I was guilty of a few of those. Yeah, yeah, I know you were. You yeah. remember that time they had uh, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and only Hogan could see the warrior? <laughs> see the warrior? Oh, and the warrior was in the mirror? <laughs> who could forget? Oh, God. Try anyway. Um. <laughs> So this was Moxley's night tonight, I thought. I mean, they finally let him do what we've been talking about. They put him out there with the mic. They gave him this uh, killer intro to the show. Yes. This was good. This is the guy I think we've been wanting to see. Um, we opened with the first match of the evening, Hangman Adam Page versus Sammy Guevara tonight. Yeah. Uh, Page picking up a win. What do you think of this, Matt? What do you think about uh, Hangman's momentum? At this I point? think... It could have just been considered a vanilla match, if you will, at first. Um, not because of either of those two, but because, if anything, Sammy Guevara is the one that was more built up, I would argue. Yeah, he's hotter uh, now. Into this, right? But I thought after the match was over, 
we're talking characters here, fans. We're not talking about the match and the technique and the psychology. I'm not talking about any of that. That was a great match. Good finish, too. But, I mean, after the match, as far as character development goes, I liked him go getting on the mic. Yeah. Um, he missed his opportunity, though, to put the mic out to the crowd while they were actually chanting real cowboy shit. Yeah, right. He nailed his mic up like 20 seconds after that shit died. <laughs> but uh, it, nonetheless, they came with him, right? Yeah, I mean, th- it's a, it's amazing to me that this is the first time that Paige has gotten a chance to speak on either TV or pay per view. You know, I, I'm not talking about the online stuff. No. So uh, I thought it made him look important. I wouldn't have been beaten Sammy Guevara already. Uh, inner Circle's kind of hot. It's still new. He, there's a bunch of people you could beat, but Paige shouldn't have lost. Uh, he he needed the win. You don't I just think it's okay to... that the hyena of the group, you know, the laughing yeah. hyena, they just want to pop in the freaking face, takes an L here of the group. He's not I a did... big guy of the group. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I don't think it really hurts him. It's just like it's like when the NWO formed. You don't want to beat Hall or X Pac even right away. X-Pac you want what I would say actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to wait. You know, punch in the face because he annoys you so much. Even during the code, the, the the contract signing when Dustin's arm got slammed in the door. Look at Guevara in the background. You still want to buy yeah. back all that? Punch him in the face again. <laughs> did you see their? Uh, did you see their promo at Bellator? No. No. <laughs> And it was the most. It was uh, Guevara, Ortiz, and Santana. They were interviewed by the uh, the MMA announcer, and you know they, they were talking about J- Jake Hager fighting that night. Last Friday, this was last Friday, and it was. I thought it was embarrassing. They did. I mean, they were annoying heels, but it was one of those that I think a non wrestling fan would look at and just be like, "Wow, this is uh, this is just stupid." But mm. <clears throat> uh, did you so- see it, Justin? The promo for Bellator? No, I didn't. But no. I heard, I heard about it, and what I heard is similar to what you said. It kind of like to the non-pro wrestling fans, you're kind of like, who's this little kid that's being annoying? Yeah. So we got uh, Shana versus Hikaru Shida tonight. The only women's match on the card. With Hikaru Shida picking up a win via pinfall. Uh, what'd you think of this match, Matt? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, this is something that, it's something cool that AEW does, but in this sense, for me at least, it hurts them. Simultaneous to this, I think, was right about when the Finn Balor stuff was happening on NXT, which yes. we talk about. Here's what I found in the five weeks of them, these two shows going head-to-head. If NXT is putting out something that's very interesting to me, and while there's a match going on, a match, not a promo, mm-hmm. but a match for AEW, I'm going to watch NXT because I found that AEW will give me that 60-second highlight reel at the end of a match. Well, they'll show me the nine or ten high spots of, of how the match went. Uh-huh. And unless it's two characters that I really, really care about, which for these ladies, I, I don't, yeah. I was, well, watching, NXT. Build, ben? I was watching NXT, so then I could just turn and flip over to AEW, and I would just see, I could basically see the yeah. summary of what the match, what the, what the story was. And, 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 and that's what happened here, and it's happened before. So just, just yeah. for me, going head-to-head, if I'm only watching one screen, I don't have multiple devices out, that's the one thing that AEW does. While cool, it hurts them and somebody like me. So this is exactly it. NXT is giving women's matches stories and developments. AEW just seems to be throwing the women out there. Well, they have to because they don't have many established stars, so they got to right. get these women uh, right. known to the audience. So you know, again, I, I agree. I felt like as far as this show went, this was. I was probably least interested in, uh, during this part of the show. The match was fine, but you, you know these aren't star. None of these women are stars yet, so you gotta you gotta establish them. And and best way to do that is you know the video packages like they did with Kylie Ray, and and matches. So, well, 
And they could both wrestle. That's why I thought having no real stakes, no real story tonight just uh, was unfortunate. Because I thought this match was good. I thought they were both great in the ring. Um, it had a good rhythm to it. But yeah, it's like, it's just it's an exhibition at this point. And after we got this vignette for Brandy Rhodes. Loved it. So, Justin, give me your interpretation. Why don't you describe for the crowd what was going on in this vignette? Because I heard a lot of funny takes on Twitter. Well, I'm not going to try to break it down frame by frame. People can watch it for themselves. But my interpretation simply was Brandy doing like a, a little bit of voodoo and sum, summoning oh. uh, summoning all, uh, Kong, Awesome Kong, to do her bidding into almost like she's going to have Kong go out and she's uh, and, and buy her the AEW Women's Title. She's going to have Kong go out and 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 do the dirty work. But it had a very voodoo kind of. I loved it. I loved it. Summoning Kong, yeah, I thought that that's exactly what I got out of it. You know, I've, I've said this before. I'm not a big fan of Brandy as a heel while also being right. a babyface executive because AEW, we've mentioned this, they do so many things that WWE doesn't do, and that's something that WWE WWE does to death. And um, and I think Brandy's a natural babyface, so to just have her be a normal person. But any, but. My, my- uh, I, I get that, You're, and that's a, that's a great point because I mean she's still going to do interviews and such as the chief brand officer, so it, it is a, it is. But Brandy's also not, while she's a babyface because she's Cody's wife and she's beautiful and and she's smart and she's an executive. When it comes into wrestling wise, you know she's not the the best they have in the ring at all. So I think if they're if they're committed to using her as an on screen character. I would rather her not be just the executive that walks out. That's too much like what Stephanie does. I'd rather her um, just get involved in the story and then the character. I, I, you know, why, I don't know. Why does she have to be amazing in the ring to be a babyface versus a heel? I just, I don't, I don't, I think she's a good babyface by own imagery standing next to Cody. I don't think she's a good babyface solo as a performer in the ring. So then what makes her a good heel as a, in the I think, world? I think giving her some depth like this, where she's, where she's summoning awesome Kong. I, I think this is just so better. Kong is, I got you. You know, I, you know, we, I think we said it a couple weeks ago. Raj said it. AEW has not doing a great job. It's only been a few weeks, but they haven't done a great job developing characters or anything like that to this point. I think this is kind of a nice little curveball. And that was a huge step in that direction. Oh, for sure. Right. Like but this, I think steps with one step tonight. Yeah. But I like, I, I like taking this chance with, with Brandy. This was, this really caught my eye. Yeah. Uh, we went from that to the Rock and Roll Express coming out. Uh, Bum-rushed by Santana and Ortiz as Rock and Roll <laughs> Express was showing off the uh, the tag team belts. This was awesome, I thought. Yeah. Uh, you get the, the legends out there. Um, you know, they're clearly trying to play into the... the the nostalgia of WCW and, and you get, you know, one of the tag teams most associated with the WCW NWA, and then you have them get their asses kicked by the current, their current, uh, you know, top heel tag team. Yeah, so WWE, this is how it works. This is how you use these legends. Yes. Your younger talent, not even younger talent, your talent today, current talent over. Right. It, it, you know, like, and I don't want to be just taking shots at WWE, but if it was WWE, no. they would have had the rock and roll express beat the hell out of Ortiz and Santana. Put on their chat. <laughs> So, uh, T- TNA, WWE, let it be known that Matt Morgan is willing to come back anytime to get the shit kicked out of him by younger talent. Just to pay it forward and put the younger I guys would. over. Uh, for, if, for that, I actually would. Yeah. I'd, pay, I'd pay to see Braun Strowman stuff Matt Morgan in a, in a dumpster. 
in Norway or something. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I have limits. <laughs> I will go through a table onto pads, perhaps. Hey, I said Braun Strowman, not, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> so the Rock and Roll Express were, exp- uh, were presenting the belts, and then they got uh, Ricky Morton got power bombed uh, to the side through the side of stages. It, it it was almost exactly like the spot that Nash gave Eric Bischoff. Bischoff at. Yeah, it was that stage on the side, and it looks it looks great. You could tell it's padded. They're, they're protecting uh, Ricky Morton, but it looks awesome, and it got the response, and it made it, it gave Ortiz Santana Santana. I thought that very. Uh, unpredictable uh, kind of crazy like Dudley boy heel heat for a tag team the viciousness there's no low they won't yeah right yeah and I wouldn't be shocked if they have a spot at, in the match between the Bucks and those guys at the pay-per-view I mean Baltimore that's a, that's, that's an old end up the NWA ran as north as Baltimore so I wouldn't be surprised if they had them there at the pay-per-view yeah yeah and then from Ricky Morton to Rick and Morty the best friends coming out in a move of corporate synergy, dressed as the popular cartoon characters, to take on QT Marshall, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Um, man, did you, what you did you notice the ring too? They had the ring, the turnbuckle, they had had the the Rick and Morty ring posts. Yeah. Uh, Matt, big Rick and Morty fan. I don't even know who Rick and Morty is. Just waiting for that. Just waiting to have to explain it. It's on Adult Swim. It's very popular. It's uh, uh, yeah. kind of like uh, Back to the Future on crack. Um, why were they dressed like this though? It's it's that's Rick and Morty, right? Yeah, it's exceptionally popular amongst the AEW target demographic, and uh, I like Rick and Morty. I like AEW, but let me tell you, if you think AEW fans are obnoxious, oh, get like Ricky Rick and Morty fans are next level obnoxious. Um, so that was very interesting that they were crossing over the two fan bases tonight. I'm sure it works though for a certain segment of the audience. Yeah, I think it's yeah, you know, I think it's cool to to reach that demo, but also try to explain it to the people that have no idea who these guys are. You know, not not like a, a long drawn out thing, but you know, Excalibur just say, "Hey, oh, you know, they're dressed as Rick and Morty." You know, from <laughs> Adult Swim. My kids watch that show. Well, maybe not my Why? kids, but you know, something. Why would any would? Okay, fans, I'm not going to use a Stone Cold. I'm not going to say The Rock. Okay, Let, fill in the blank for any WWE superstar with this. Why would they dress up as a different character? Yeah, especially Orange Cassidy. That was the one where I was like, why is he in this? He is so over as himself. Don't you why? think once you do that, you can't really, it's hard to come back from that and being taken serious, no? Yeah, you're in a, you're well, in a, it, it is Halloween. Fight. Are you not considered a kid at that point? <laughs> well, it is Halloween. They're not really a push tag team, you know. Okay. I don't know. That's yeah, it's Halloween. I mean, they've done that. Roddy Piper dressed like Superman one time on Piper's Pit uh, back in the oh, day. Now we're digging, Raj, for the fence here. <laughs> no, no, they've done they've done divas costume matches in the past. I mean, they've had divas who were treated terribly, and obviously the yeah. varnish of the 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 towards uh, compared to the stake being the men's wrestlers back then. If you remember, they were doing pillow fights. So using yeah. that example, terrible. Come on, but Did- like a real decent wrestler. On, you know, SmackDown mm-hmm. Raw. I just, I don't know. Well, let me ask Matt. Did you ever get caught up in the web of corporate synergy? Did you ever get roped into one of these in TNA or in uh, WWE, what? like a trick or treat fight, or you well, know? No, thank <laughs> God, no Thanksgiving stupid uh, food fight. No, well, it's good, you know. But for some guys that aren't getting on TV, Heath Slater's more than willing to go out there and do the 4th of July barbecue bash 
or whatever dumb gimmick they have. Right? Yeah. I, mean, those, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like little boys. This was AEW's version of Luke Gallus and Carl Anderson getting a pumpkin on their head. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, are we going to get a trick or treat fight tomorrow uh, from Saudi Arabia? That'll be interesting. I doubt it. I don't. I mean, is Halloween a thing in Saudi Arabia? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, Best Friends in Orange Cassidy won. After that, Chris Jericho coming out in the Halloween spirit had a purple jacket with pumpkins all over it, and he uh, sat there for the contract signing. Cody getting out of the limo, they shook hands. They faced off. They uh, they both signed it. And you think, wow, this was so peaceful, but it turns out uh, Outback, Sammy Guevara hijacking the feed. They're beating up Dustin and uh, Jake Hager slamming his uh, arm in a door. Cody running to help his brother along with MJF. And uh, yeah, this this was uh, the setup for their match November 9th at Full Gear. They signed the contract. What did you make of this uh, face-off, Matt, versus the way the WWE usually does these things? I liked it. And I liked the digs he was taking at Cody during it and Cody's reactions to them. He wasn't over the top and outlandish. And anytime Jericho would take a little shot at him or something like that, he would try to show that he was trying to show his composure and not blow up about it. If you go back and watch his, his facials, Cody, little subtleties. Um, and then obviously the hook was the, the ending of this, right? Uh, goal, um, uh, geez, Dustin getting his arm slammed in the, the car. And all more importantly, the heels, I thought, looked cool all being together and getting it to the vehicle together. Jericho chilling and lighting up a cigar on the way out. The total <laughs> penguin from Batman, dude. Like, what a little dick. You know what I mean? Just great heat all around. I thought I liked it a lot. I thought as far as character development and segments, tonight's AEW had the best of any wrestling show in a long time. I'm including Ron. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Between this, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, you you know, the... the the, the John Moxley promo... Gosh, sorry, I got lost there for a second. But, um, yeah, I... I, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I feel like we got a a new... We got a layer, I feel like, almost for every character every segment tonight almost i feel like we got an extra layer in some cases two layers towards some of these personas and who they are and why we should care about them yeah and i thought and i loved how they did everything different that they don't always do they did the contract signing at the top of the ramp uh they did uh they they never touched they they shook hands but they never got physical cody and jericho uh every contract signing always usually ends up with them you know brawling or fighting or being separated they Uh, had their they had something that that they actually had somebody from the legal department she that is a legit she's a legit part of the legal department that's having a lawyer there that's kind of cool yeah yeah exactly so i i I loved everything about it i liked the backstage i loved jericho saying you know after they attacked us and slammed his uh hand in a limo cody running the back and jericho saying you might want to take him to the hospital just something uh (laughs) (laughs) it's been nonchalant jericho is just uh he he is just so invaluable to this company right now he is he should not lose to cody he should hold on to that title for a while yeah i agree uh and I don't remember which match it was during, but it happened to this point. I, mean, I think we have to shout it out that uh, Pot Committed was used, I think, by Excalibur on the AEW commentary. Yeah, during the women's match. Yeah. So, <laughs> Justin, Excalibur, you're-, you're watching our show and stealing our uh, Justin Lobar's stuff. <laughs> there you have it. You, you I mean, can, they, they can make the checkout. It's spelled L A capital B A R. Twitter was blowing up during that. Uh, so tonight, <laughs> want to talk about this. Kenny Omega 
tonight because uh, a lot of people, myself included, didn't quite understand at first what was going on. Teaming with the Young Bucks. But first, I feel like I must mention Kip Sabian teaming with Angelico and Jack Evans, who have a name now as a team, not the MoCap Boys, which I believe Roger suggested a while back. Well, not the Highlighters, but the Hybrid 2? Have they? Uh, this is the first time on TV they've wrestled as that, isn't it? Uh, maybe I saw it on Dark. I guess one yeah. a couple of weeks ago it started with that name. The hybrid is the hybrid squared or just is the it, hybrid two? Is it two point It just say hybrid two. I thought maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'm forgetting. I thought it was two and they said he said yeah. two, but I thought it was supposed to be two But yeah, and Helico and, and Jack Evans. Is it in Helico, not Angelico? And Helico. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you can say it both ways, but yeah. who cares? Move it along. It's important to pronounce. We end the comments. Glenn doesn't even know how to pronounce Angelico. Jim Needhart, right? <laughs> I know. Look at my last name. But do I even say my own last name the same time every time on this podcast? No. I'm going to do a mashup reel of Steen Stein, Steen Stein. I don't that care. Is pretty, that is pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Matt, Matt Morgan. <laughs> Sounds a little more exotic. Uh, so Kenny Omega got the eight bit entrance here. So Kenny has an alternate personality that's like a panda. What's I- I'm completely lost, and I just offended the show for having cool character development. <laughs> I-, I was lost on this completely, and I felt very out of touch. I felt very old all of a sudden. Maybe I was missing something cool here. I, I don't know. I don't know. What was this? It's some video game called Undertale. Again, it's so underground. Uh, I play video games. I've never heard of it. I'd never heard of it either. I mean, I, I tweeted out. I was like, what is this long-ass video promo? I don't get it. And uh, people are like, oh, it's Undertale, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of people say that? No, it was like two people. You know, you know the, on Twitter. Well, there's there's some people who cool think people. that because they know a video game that that's you know everyone else does but again this is one of those things i and i think uh excalibur should be the guy that kind of just tells people you know fans oh undertale you know undertale fans are gonna love that and you just yeah. something where then people then people watching at home who have no idea what undertale is <coughs> know that it's a video game thing yeah yep. it's an independent game it's an, a role-playing game uh released independently in 2015 even worse even worse, that's even less people you're going to reach with this. Well, gamers, especially gamers, love AEW. Okay, I'm a gamer too. I've never heard of this game. Yeah, at least the Young Bucks. I mean, again, I think it's all just Halloween. I don't think Omega is going to be dressing up like something every I week. I don't either, but it's still an opportunity to do something with the show. And Kenny Omega, again, I guys, I go back to saying I thought they were going to build this company around that dude. Mm-hmm. I really well- did. So much so, I thought tonight at first, well, they're building it around him so much that he's going to have an alternate personality so they can book him twice as much. It's like, this is kind of brilliant. Okay, well, Kenny Omega is very uh, well-known with the video game community. Like Definitely. He's one of a lot of those guys that don't know any wrestlers. They know Kenny Omega, so it's a little Halloween shout-out to them. He dresses like video game characters all the time. It's Halloween. So the Young Bucks, they were, is that Street Fighter or is that Double Dragon? It was Street Fighter. How old is Kenny Omega? Uh, I want to say 34. I think he's like 36, 37. He's 36. Okay. I just can't imagine. I'm not doing this not to take a shot or some cool guy here, but I just can't imagine myself dressing up as a video game character and then going to wrestle. Not even I would Come be on, to, I'm on TV. This is an opportunity for me to continue to grow my, my, my brand or get me over a little bit more somehow, some way. 
and the well, minutes are not being given on TV. Especially when you're getting ready to be in an unsanctioned match. <laughs> it's not like Jokey <laughs> Haha. No, you're right. Yeah, you, you don't look like you, like the other guy. The other guy looks like he's about to stab somebody. <laughs> That's what you're, you're right. He's going to eat his head off. Yes. Right. And like, and Omega's and Omega's doing cosplay. Like, what the? F- what, yes. What's happening here? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> I think, and this is yes. That's exactly it. Undertale's with millions, capital, millions of copies. It's very popular. Someone gave it to the Pope. I, oh, I, I guarantee you. Gave it to the Pope. I guarantee you that was a waste. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone gave I it guarantee to the you the Pope did something with it. Um, it playing it. Matt, I'm just saying, shave that beard. And you could be Hagger from Final Fight for Halloween. You know? That is pretty sweet. That's a you pretty know? easy costume. That's yeah, cool. Good Capcom throwback, right? You know, yeah. Get a mohawk, get some Zangief action going on. Make it all work. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's one thing to have fun with it. But, yeah, it's – it's. I mean, we've been accused of it in this podcast. When you make references that are so cool, nobody gets them. <laughs> you know, you don't want to have to be sitting there Googling to, fit, to be in on it. Sadly, our references are mostly to stuff like Perfect Strangers and things like right. that. <laughs> <laughs> Balky. Balky. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, Kenny and the Buck. We've never used perfect change. Uh, yeah, I gotta throw it in somewhere. Now. Hey, Balky. What a country! Yeah, or no, that's something it. else. Uh, that's Yakov Smirnov. Balky is like the uh, the prototype for a foreign baby face heel. Our baby, our baby face uh, wrestler, right? You have a baby yeah. face. Balky is perfect. <laughs> One of the biggest baby faces in our childhood, guys. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely was the top twenty. Do more of that. Um, so yeah, uh, the Bucks and Kenny got a pretty easy win there. Um, the librarians came out. Oh, I felt so bad for this. Peter Avalon, Liva Bates, uh, started cutting a promo, interrupted by Moxley, who hit a DDT on Avalon, kicked him out of the ring, and then had his moment talking right to the camera. What we've been waiting for, commanding the attention of the arena and the ring, and. A good million viewers at home, probably, uh, with the World Series on, maybe. Um, Matt, what did you think of this promo? This was that? great, and this, I hate to say it, this was good news of Peter Avalon as well. This was getting the crowd at their most, you know, bottom. Um, get them, so I was just reading that. that you got the crowd so low and so annoyed that they're going to have to see the librarians. It's a perfect time to bring the ass kicker out. To, you know, they used to do it with Stone Cold all the time, you know, and just, just lay them out and then cut that. I thought it was a world beater promo for sure. I, th- I loved it. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was killer. He, uh, John Moxley showed intensity. He showed. He, he just seemed like a star. Like that's what we've been saying has been missing these weeks is him not being able to get that mic time when he's so damn good at it. And yeah. uh, I, he just brought it in with this one. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I felt like to uh, Justin's point by not having Omega to come across as serious on this episode, I think was uh, you know a little bit of a miss. But they do have another week. Yeah, you know, he was Dean Ambrose on WWE for, like, what, seven and a half years, uh, or seven years, and easily the last three to four years of Dean Ambrose, like, post-Shield was just blah. In this five minutes, as John Moxley on AEW looking directly into this camera, he made those four years in WWE, those last four years, just look absolutely foolish. He really, really highlighted it by, it's like, why couldn't... How hard would it have been to let this guy go say this and put him in this kind of situation with a live mic? It, it really, this was a home run. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had the main event tonight. SCU versus the Lucha Brothers in the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. 
Private Party sitting ringside. Dark Order watching backstage. <laughs> cared, cared absolutely nobody. Eh. Um, they had about 15 minutes. This match it went about 14. We got a very short celebration as the match ended. It did end with that inside cradle. Scorpio Sky hitting that inside cradle for the one, two, three. Before that, great spots in this went out into the uh, to the ringside area. Um, Matt, what do you think of this? Is as terms of okay, this was the ultimate AEW tag team match, right? We've seen this tournament, okay. and here you've got your top guys. This was better than just good spots in the match. Come on, Glenn. Um, it was great. This this was good storytelling in the ring. This was good psychology they used. Um, the psychology of this build, this this crescendo of SCU and how they got here. The injury you got to go back to when Daniels got taken out. Right. This was good storytelling. This was good writing here. Think about it. You know what I mean. This was this was a legitimate angle that built that started a few weeks back with this injury angle, right? With Daniels being mm-hmm. out and it. And it crescendoed in through this tournament where they won a couple matches that I did not foresee them winning, right? And then, um, boom, they win the tournament. They win the championships. Everybody's behind them. It was I thought it was a cool finish out of nowhere, very believable, and great, great, greatly executed match. Again, re- good, great ring psychology. I'll reiterate one more time. It was a great – I thought this show, this was a good exclamation mark on a fantastic show. Honestly, this – I'm going to say this. Other than its opening week – this, I thought, has been the best AEW uh, Dynamite, top to bottom. I thought so, too. I know a lot of people out there were saying like they didn't feel it as much as other weeks, but I thought this was the best one. Oh, yeah, I, um, yeah I, this SCU winning was a surprise. I thought it was going to be Pentagon. and is it, I, It's always been Phoenix, but they're pronouncing it Phoenix tonight. Do you notice Why? that? No. We just can't Phoenix. win. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I was I was actually surprised, but you know, you say, with this you have two tag team, you know, two strong tag team feuds with the Young Bucks and Ortiz and Santana, and then SCU with uh, the Lucha Brothers, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure the Lucha House Party is looking at the Lucha Brothers and they're thinking, damn, what are we, what are we doing, you know? Dude, the Lucha Brothers would I, Lucha House Party is good when they let them go. They are, but come on, Lucha Brothers would wrestle circles around them. I bet you uh, Lucha House Party would, because Grand Metal League. If you see him outside of WWE, he is that's, fantastic. That's what I was actually using my example out of the three groups. I always thought was kind of the week of the three. <laughs> no, in the um, ring. Yeah, from me, me being entertained by him. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I would say not that he's bad. Not that I'm saying of the three. Right. Because what's the smallest one's name again? Kalisto. I'm a I'm a big Lince Dorado fan. I think Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado is from here. He's from Central Florida. He goes. He's awesome. So he's, he yeah. He is fantastic. But 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 so is uh, the other one you just said. Um, Please do. When he was by himself. Yeah. You remember when he first came up, dude? That was supposed to be the next Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they screwed him. He did not mess any of that up. They did. That dude is good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see that tag match. Yeah. The Lucha Brothers are the Lucha Brothers to me. Like I'm obviously they can they can wrestle the style of entertaining to me. Then again, Pentagon. I, I always I, he is just he's the same main eventer, dude. I'm sorry, he is. And, cool. and I have a special spot in in my wrestling heart for Pentagon because the first time I ever got to see him in person was at Lucha Underground, and I don't know if you guys ever did, got to go out to L.A. to do that. It was in a very 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 small, like kind of like what the NWA what they're doing with the NWA thing. It was in a very small soundstage, and I will say this as somebody who had. You know, has watched a lot of wrestling, been around in different capacities. 
I felt it. Like he actually, there was one point, like he scared me. I was wow. like, this guy is the character. Was it's so real? So there's so much, there's so many layers to it. And from that point on, I've just uh, he's fascinating to watch. The the imagery, the, you know, the imagery yeah. when you look at him, he's just it's fascinating. A little bit of face paint under his mat, like on, right here, yeah. right here. Even I don't know, it does yep. something. It's yep. different. Yeah, he, he looks. Yeah. he looks like a star. He, yeah, that that it was it was season two. It was a season two finale, Lucha Underground, and he fought into the crowd. I don't remember who, but he was maybe within ten feet of me, and he just did that. He did that old fashioned thing. He made eye contact with me, and I was like, mm-hmm. I felt it. I'm like this dude. Like, yeah. he's legit. That's cool. Yeah, he's awesome. So a hell of a night tonight for AEW. Let's talk about NXT. Yeah, and I know people like both NXT and AEW are gonna—they're gonna be down in the ratings tonight. They're up against the World Series Game mm-hmm. Seven. Uh, they're gonna get—I mean—they're gonna be down quite a bit. So I know there's gonna be people out there tomorrow, you know, tweeting how the audience is dropping and you know uh, everyone's tuning out. But who cares? We give our opinion on a show that we liked. Yeah, if we you enjoy. if you ratings did not affect if I enjoy the show or not. Yeah, so uh, this was my favorite of the both shows in yeah. since they started. Yeah, they did not give up or uh, ease off the gas tonight, even in the face of the World Series. Uh, we opened with pop singer Poppy performing on NXT uh, as Io Shirai entered the ring and had a match against Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. Io Shirai picking up a win here. Um I have to say, I think I give this match the edge over Paige and Guevara. Like, I was watching both of them. I thought this women's match was absolutely fantastic. It was. It was crazy good, actually. Um, Some blood, too. Yeah. Okay, because he cut that promo at the end, he, he brought me way more into it, I guess. But just bell to bell, I think you could be right. Can't believe I'm saying that, but I think you could be right. Yeah, and I feel like they're both more established in NXT than uh, Paige, not, not Paige for sure. But Guevara is still kind of new. He's he's just been getting the push the last month, um, and this felt like two of the biggest women names in NXT. Yeah. You know. What did you guys What did you guys think of the musical performance to start? Cool, different. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a different. I thought it was a different. Yeah, different way. I like any time they try something different because they've been using the same form and not necessarily NXT, but Raw and SmackDown just look the same for so long that anything different I'm, I'm always welcome to. And having a live musical performance as a ring entrance, not doing a separate performance, I think is great. Is that yeah. the band that actually does the her does her music? Shirai's music? I don't because I don't listen to her friggin' entrance music in Let's my see. car. I have no idea. She did a takeover theme a while back, I believe. I don't oh. want to keep sounding old, but is she uh, is she fairly popular? I'd never heard of her before. I had heard one song by her a few years ago. Uh, I guess she's popular on YouTube. She's got like 190,000 followers on Twitter. So that's, that's not much for us. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it has more than that. Yeah. yeah. But then again. What about, what, do, how would you compare this? Wait, you guys didn't compare this to Fred Durst? Uh, Rowan? Fred Durst. <laughs> Biscuit I mean, at the top of their game, all right? Yeah. Lynn Biscuit. Yeah, I mean, they, they were, were, they were a big deal. That ones. That, him and Kid Rock as well. Yeah. Yes. Those are the coolest entrances ever. I was at Mania 17 when when, Limpet, when, when, you, when, you, when you hear my way and they're showing that mm-hmm. Rock and Stone Cold promo, I was in the Astrodome for that, man. That is. That gets you top juiced up. Three. I want. For me. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That, the best of all time. That was the best video package for a WrestleMania ever. I like I want, sacrifice the number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want proof from someone that Justin Lombard and Fred Durst were in the same place at the same time. 
<laughs> Find me Wait. proof on the network. Matt, did you mean sacrifice or did you see the Lonely Road of Faith? That one? Kid Rock, yeah, yeah. Kid Rock. They did yeah. it's amazing. Go on YouTube. It's you'll know it as soon as it starts playing. Oh, it is yep. an awesome WWF video package. I, I think it was just random. It wasn't no, it, to build him. It was for uh and I'm I'm a Kid Rock aficionado, so I know this. It was for the WWE on demand twenty four seven channel. Uh, oh, pretty sure. It was awesome. You got it. if you haven't checked it out, Lonely Road of Faith, WWF check, you know, it's it's amazing. So Poppy, uh, I thought the masks that her backing band wears are hella creepy. I thought that was good for Halloween. Um, but yeah, uh, Io Shirai winning this match over Candice LeRae. Io attacking Candice after Rhea Ripley comes out, makes the save, starts attacking Shirai. I like her. Yeah. This was good storytelling. This built tonight. They built perfectly towards this War Games match that they announced <laughs> later in the night. Leah Ripley is a stud. And I, and I like that they're not getting to Rhea Ripley um, getting a title shot yet. The, the, yeah. They're going to give it a little more time by having this War Games match in there. Get her steamed up a little bit more. But yeah, but she's got it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Finn Balor came out, cut a big promo, talked about his loss to The Fiend. Talked about losing to The Fiend because he got a new mask. Balor says, well, now he's taken off his mask and he's the hottest thing in the business. Uh, yeah, I talked about everyone's opinions. The Office, the boys in the back, the Twitter tough guys. I personally felt called out by that one. Uh, and more. Um, he doesn't watch this business. The business watches him. He had some words for Johnny Gargano saying he's the heart of NXT. And yeah, it looks like they're setting these two up for a one-on-one match at uh, the next TakeOver. This was the highlight of NXT for me. Same here. I, I was just thinking, like, could you imagine if WWE let Finn cut this kind of promo years ago, you know, on Raw or SmackDown, how much bigger of a star he would have been uh, instead of this the flipping his collar up and just smiling all the time? I mean, Ugh. he came across as such a big deal here, and he delivered it well. He looked the part. I thought it was great. I, I Even if he did, I still would hold out for the his character. What do you call it? The demon. Mm-hmm. But but the problem that's always been is that the demon is fascinating. He's visually exciting. They change his music up. He's crawling to the ring. But he can't cut the promo. Well, but no. But, right. you, but, the, but the thing is, they only brought the demon out right for the for the special matches. The moment they start doing that, and then when he's the demon one night, and then the next night he's back to little old Finn Balor. Finn Balor was boring. Finn Balor was nothing. Finn Balor was not a threat. He's smiling. He's flicking the collar. This was a Finn Balor I could get behind. This is or not even get behind. This is a Finn Balor mix. You would in. take this Finn Balor over Demon Finn Balor, the one you saw tonight. No, I take this Finn Balor over the babyface Finn Balor. On Demon Balor. I, I got you, but I'm asking you that question, guys. You guys are saying how much you but love you can't it. do the. You, I don't think he can do it, the Demon every you night. Take the de- yes, he can, and he needs to. Yeah, like the Fiend is not going to. The same excuse that he can't face with me. Yes, you can. It's WWE. They got millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Yes, they can. To your point, Matt. How many time? Yeah, but how many promos is Brock Lesnar cutting? You could have the demon character and not doing promos. Um, I, and, and you'd make a ton marketing that character. That gimmick was, the sh- that character was cool yeah. as hell. Do you remember when that first came out, guys? We said that was the next huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. Let's give like, a shout. Sorry. Fiend type of big is right. Like the Fiend is right now, like that. this was supposed to be like that. And let's give a shout. I thought this was a great touch. I was curious what it was going to be. Finn comes out, and just when everybody's going to do the arms up, yeah. And he and then they spotlight on him and, and they and they drown out the crowd in, in in blackness so they can't do the whole baby face entrance. I thought that was a, a great touch uh for mm-hmm. this heel Finn Balor. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I like I liked it. He came across as a superstar. 
Yeah, I think uh, maybe this is how they differentiate it. I mean, this is how we get a break from the demon for a while, and they uh, make it different. But I thought this was great tonight. Get very, a break very... from the demon. He's not been the demon in 50 years. No, but what I'm saying is we've all, we're always waiting for that. Babyface Finn Balor uh, is always waiting for you're saying. I got you. Yeah. In fact, if he really wants to pull a swerve, get his brother or someone that looks kind of like him to come out as the demon, then have Finn as himself come out and kick the shit out of the demon. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. That's a good way to get rid of it. And how do you know he has a brother? He does have a brother. But I'm saying I mean, just get someone. You, who, how do you know that? Uh, his Instagram, his Twitter. He's busy. Glenn, 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 Glenn. Kill, 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 kill. WWE <laughs> special. You freaking stalker. This, uh, it, this lock is, the windows. This isn't a secret. <laughs> Everybody knows Finn has a brother. I really I hope I that. really I really hope we're all in the same place for WrestleMania week. <laughs> <laughs> we're working. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, this was great tonight. Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. What do you all think of Shane Thorne, real quick, before you say? Yeah. yeah. He needs work, but he he, I mean, he kind of has a he has a good look and everything. He he just needs he needs work, yeah. but I think he looks more like the star than that Bronson Reed guy. He looks like a main, like a call-up, right? Somebody that Vince you could see calling up, right? Mm-hmm. Once he gets better, but, I mean, physically, I mean. Yeah, it, it, there's something about him that comes across as a little bland. If he can work on that, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know. They, they both come across as bland. Yeah, yeah. I did. this was, of both shows, I, this was the match I did not give yeah. any, you know, two shits about. Bronson, com- you, Bronson comes off as like a Keith Lee light. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you rate this lower than the women's match on AEW? Yeah. yeah. For your, your care involvement? Okay. Yeah. Women's match, I mean, was good. We just didn't have... Uh... We didn't care about the characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this was just there. And I, I don't think dynamic... I just don't think it was a dynamic match to watch either. <clears throat> but uh, let's talk about the women's tag team title match. This... Oh, by the way, Bronson Reed got the win. Oh, yes. It's kind, of a, kind of a squash, almost. For everyone keeping score at home. Do people keep score at home? Like, remember when you go to the baseball game with your dad and he keeps stats during the game? AEW? <laughs> Next match. Please, <laughs> AEW, they keep track. On yes, but no, and the fans don't. I've never understood that with baseball, why people do that. Um, anyhow, women's tag team title match. This might have been for, I, actually, this might have been the match of the night for me. Overall, mm-hmm. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox versus the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, Kari yeah. Sane and Asuka. For the women's tag team titles. This is tough because I felt the same thing. I was like, is this much? Because AEW crushed it tonight, I thought, all, all the way around, right? Great matches. The tag match at the end was amazing. Mm-hmm. Real quick, guys, I'm going to put you all on the spot. You have to pick one of these two tags, the championship uh, match on AEW or this women's tag. Which one was your favorite? You have to pick one. Uh, for me, it was the AEW because that was a lot more unpredictable. I thought this you knew going in Kabuki mm. Warriors were going to win. True. You know, it was it was just just how long it takes to get there. I mean, it was a really good match, but you, and it actually kind of surprised me because the Kabuki Warriors took a lot of this match, and usually when that happens, that means they're losing. Well, now um, they're all going to cheat on their answers, Rods. I just wanted a quick answer. <laughs> they're all going to like now brainwash and change their answer. Justin, what was your answer? I say the AEW because of the unpredictability, but I love the Kabuki Warriors heel presentation. Glenn? I thought this tonight, it just bell to bell, I enjoyed this more. Same here. And that's saying something because I really love the ending of that. I love that that championship won by Kazarian 
for personal reasons as well, right? I really love that match. Yeah. This match from bell to bell, you're right. Mm-hmm. Proper amount of slightly, time. Slightly more. Got the right amount of time, had a really good rhythm going with it. You um, frigging nasty. Yeah. You can great. see... You can see why Asuka was in NXT so long because she brings these women up, you know, and Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai never look better. I mean, they look ever, better. ever. Yeah. yeah. Ah, the green mist made an appearance in the face of Dakota Kai. And she hit her in the face. She didn't miss ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Insane elbow for Kari to get the pin to retain. And then afterwards we had Marina Shafir, Jessamine Duke, Shayna Baszler come out. After uh, Asuka and Kari exited, they came out and attacked. We had Bianca Belair came out, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, uh, Rhea Ripley. Everyone was getting into it. William Regal then appears and says, there's only one solution for this, war games. Crowd goes apeshit. Um, more brawling as the sides are separated. We go to commercial. So we're going to have the first women's war games match coming up with TakeOver. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah cool. Did you guys like the last War Games, though? Mm. Uh, right? Last it, one wasn't as good. It was too long. Like they, they, It's like they're trying to make it too epic by having it go an hour, and it, it just got kind of old. Don't you remember at the very end of the last War Games, they all, it was like after like a half hour or so, then they all four got up slowly and then faced off again. <laughs> the comic book pose that you hated? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, being it's the first female one, right? That's pretty cool. Um, but hopefully it's not like the last one, right? It's not, it doesn't go too long and everybody gets over. There should be an opportunity for every one of them to get over in this. Well, it sounds like they're doing two war games this year. Yeah. Um, based on yeah. that that last promo. Well, Tommaso Ciampa said he was uh, you know, going to war. Yeah, going to war. And he said Goldie has to, you know, wait for a bit. Uh, so real quick, the the War Games match right now it looks like it is uh, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair against Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, and they didn't announce the fifth partner. I was thinking it was going to be Maya Yim, uh, but they didn't announce it. So maybe it's a surprise. Maybe um, maybe someone coming back. I don't know. You hear all those names you just throw out there? Have you ever heard a more contrasting list of names in your life? <laughs> more bizarre names. Io Shirai and uh, Jessamine Duke in the same match. Right? Mm. Yeah. But they're all, I mean, okay, so isn't it funny that Jessamine and uh, Marina are kind of the lowest uh, on the ladder there? But you look at that, and man, this women's division is so freaking stacked in NXT right now. Yeah, I agree. You know, it will be nice, though, uh, kind of predicting this War Games pay-per-view, is that you're going to have these two War Games matches, um... And so, obviously, the NXT World Title with Adam Cole won't be on the line. You know, they're, they're going to put that off. It's going to allow for a highlight of what you assume is going to be Finn versus Gargano. It's going to allow this singles grudge match with no title to stand out more because there's going to not be any singles titles match. It's true. You don't think Undisputed Era is going to put it all put it all on the line? No, I don't think so. That, I mean, I don't think so, but. It would be it would be nice to give it would be kind of cool to give it some stakes. Yeah, Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes. Awesome, awesome. Love Tyler Bate. Yeah. Killian Dane had a distraction at ringside. Grimes took advantage of this, nailed the cave-in double stomp for the pin and the win. Um, man, they're keeping these storylines going. You know, it's uh, this is this is what I feel like is lacking with AEW right now. Is I mean, we've kind of got these, but it's Why so. 
eccentric. Why do they keep beating him though? Oh, with uh, with Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. This is. How do uh, see this? Is the ultimate baby face, man. I don't get it. Fans love him. It's not just in England either. Fans love him. Yeah. It's clear they see something in Cameron Grimes. I mean, he's they, been getting. Yeah. You know, that's not, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the Undisputed Era versus Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. So uh, Riddle and Lee taking on NXT Tag Team Champions Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of the Undisputed Era. Um, Undisputed Era getting involved in this uh, at the end with everyone coming out, them winning. Um, but after Tommaso Ciampa coming out to a huge pop and, yeah, setting up a match of war games. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. I, I was I was just gonna say. I mean, again, I, I'm I'll, I'll I'll watch this War Games match. I, I don't know. It was just kind of uh, anticlimactic end to me. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I was maybe I just had high hopes or high expectations, but I just this just didn't. You know, side by side, I'm looking at this tag match over to the you know tag team finals of AEW side by side. Yeah, we, uh, Choppa comes out, but I don't know. I just I didn't. This didn't really get me up and geeked. And excited for the set, the setup of it was cool. John Bowser cutting that promo was cool. And again, the setup of the this uh war games is cool. The war games itself will not be cool. I don't I'm not I don't care to watch. I don't care if I see it or not. I think I don't well, like the I don't like the man tags. I don't I'm not interested in yeah, the first war. You know, these used to be awesome back in the day in WCW. You remember when yeah. Sid Vicious power bombing Brian Pillman through the, you know, over the roof and uh, the Dangerous Alliance. If you haven't seen that match, you should go watch that. The Dangerous Alliance war games match. But you know, they, they did leave it open for a surprise because they got four, you know the undisputed era with four people. They didn't you know name the fourth you know who who the team is going to be. It's clearly going to be Champa, um, uh, Gar- no, not Gargano, I mean, Keith Lee and Riddle. Keith Lee. Keith Lee, Riddle, and so I guess the fourth, maybe Velveteen Dream. Makes if he's, sense. If he's able to come back by then. Listen, when we were kids in the 80s, you remember Survivor Series would come, and like mm-hmm. we kind of cared, I did, about every team. And the reason I cared about every team was because they did not overdo or oversaturate eight-man tags whatsoever throughout the year, uh, whether it was Saturday uh, wrestling or whether it was any night of the week that they used to be on, right? They never oversaturated it. We never saw it. So now when it came time, they had such a variety of cast of characters. You'd see Tugboat with, like, Demolition. You'd never think you'd see that combo. You'd never see, think you'd carry Von Eric in the background and or on a team or, or something like that with, like, an Ultimate Warrior or any of these superstars collaborating. You would never – you'd think you're getting something special by seeing them just in the backstage pre-tape promo they would cut with Gene Okerlund, right? Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. Every one of them I thought it was. My, so like, I cared so much to see how would they be able to coexist. These huge stars, they're so different from one and each other. Now, when they throw like these eight-man tags together, it just it does, definitely does not feel like a big deal whatsoever. To me, it makes it even less. I don't, And that's where I think we have such a huge disparity in these characters not being characters anymore. Yeah. Matt, I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Survivor Series is it, it, everything you said is true. Survivor Series is such an outdated concept because a regular ending to a Raw or SmackDown is an eight man or ten man tag. One of the the biggest thing that killed that killed the Survivor Series concept is because you get competitive matches each each week. The, the, the time you're referring to is when you'd get you know 
uh, a feature talent versus an enhancement talent for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, you know, when you got all these big stars in the same ring, it mattered. It doesn't matter anymore because you have competitive matches on weekly TV. I say this all the time. I I respect the tradition that Survivor Series is. Survivor Series, in my mind, is no longer part of the big four. My big four is Mania, SummerSlam, Rumble, and Money in the Bank. That's my big four now. Survivor Series is an outdated concept. Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, just looking at interest on the site, that's usually kind of where where it ranks. The last time someone cared about a Survivor Series match, and I'm not talking about, like, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, which was at the Survivor Series. but Right, the elimination match. Was that one where the the authority had to leave and Sting came in? Sting, yeah. Sting made his – that was the last time. That was, what, four years ago? Um that and that terrible. had stakes, even though the authority were back like a month later. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you, Justin. It's an outdated concept unless you found a way to to create stakes or some reason why you had to win that match. Uh, no one really cares. There's something like what Justin hit on though makes sense. Besides the wide variety of characters and how their shapes and sizes were, and their, how so vastly different their gimmicks were, they were built. That's the important take home here. They were built, meaning they all had they had built Story up lines. records, built up records of we never really saw them lose, and if we did, it'd be a rarity, you know. And um, now all these guys trade fifty fifty bookings. They don't mean worth the squat. So when you put them together, a team of four, I'm seeing a team of one, maybe two at best. Whereas back then, you see a team of four, you're like, holy crap, that's a mean, that's a mean looking four. And it would be, and it would be like a four you've never seen before. You'd have like Ultimate Warrior and the Road Warriors, you know, with oh, Kerry Von Eric, you know, the coolest ones ever. Yeah. So yeah, even, even scrub, like I don't want to say scrubs, but even like guys that we consider like lower card tier guys, like Honky Dog Man, Greg Valentine, and like two other dudes just throw in there. Let's say, yeah, I, I cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let That's, us not, and let us not forget about Jerry the Lawler's uh, cheesy, oh, cheesy, and fleecy. Oh my god, yeah. that was the worst that Survivor was the worst Series. Versus Doink, Dink, Wink, and Pink. That would, I'd say, would be the worst of that time period. But still, yeah, that's when that's when you felt like WWE was stealing your money. <laughs> but we all remember it. We all do. Not, I remember the gobbledygookery too, but not everything I remember is is good. Not, not one of you had to go. What are you talking about? You all remember. But now, yeah, it's so common. But they've got so much TV to fill. They've got you know ten to twelve pay per views a year. They've got these Saudi shows. Um, I mean, make the comparisons like in comic books, like when Secret Wars happened the first time, you had all the Marvel heroes and villains together, and then it was so successful. Marvel said every year we're going to do one of those. We're going to do a big story that involves everyone. Okay. It's no longer special. I, once a year, though, I was okay with that. Still, honestly, I yeah. still was a fan of it. These now comparing this to WWE makes this analogy a little bit more accurate. They're doing it every week. It feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, man. Yes. For the Fantastic Force hanging out with the X-Men all the time, why even have two separate books? Yeah. I get it. Um, so I was going to say the first women's war games match, that's huge news. But tomorrow in Saudi Arabia, we're going to have the first women's wrestling match on a WWE card tomorrow during Crown Jewel, Natalia versus Lacey Evans. I got to say it once really quick, because you guys know I'm not watching the show tomorrow. I love the fact that it's Lacey. That's getting mm-hmm. the first one match. That's all I like about any of this. What do you think the Saudi Arabia crowd's going to think of the sassy Southern Bill? <laughs> you're right. Former U.S. Marine. She's not cutting a promo tomorrow. They're not giving her a live mic. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, nasty. Yeah, nasty. Thank you for a live mic. She's going to go out and say, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. <laughs> and they're uh, making them wear bodysuits. 
Yeah, it's going to be what basically what Sasha and Alexa Bliss were when they were in Abu Dhabi. Um, I mean, you know, it, <laughs> what what like, it's what, progress, I guess. What would and I'm not trying to ask this to be funny. I just like what would happen. Obviously, they'd clear it with the government. I guess what would happen? Like, what would the crowd's reaction be if they let those girls, more so Lacey, because Natty wears a, a, a latex suit, anyways. What would happen if they let Lacey come out there and all of her legs were showing the way they do normal? Like, like what? Like, what would the crowd like? Would the crowd just be offended? Like, what would happen? Well, it seems like it's not necessarily so much the crowd as it is the the higher ups because it, the first crown jewel that they did or whatever the, it was called, the greatest Royal Rumble, uh, they showed a, a video on the screen and it was that one where they're all singing or something. Yeah, you best know, they're worlds. yeah, they're lip syncing and they showed the women who were wearing kind of like the you know their normal attire. It's all the mid Yeah, and then the crowd popped, but then the government, you know, the the prince or whoever, they were furious over it. And they, you know, in the newspaper, they actually uh, issued an apology over it and said they're going to, you know, monitor this stuff more uh, carefully. So, um, you know, it, it, again, it's it's progress that they're having a women's match, but geez, that show just shows how backwards it is, I guess. It, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just, and Lana's was... traveling over there. Yeah, well, she's married to Ru- <laughs> she's married to Rusev. I doubt they're going to do a Lana yeah, Lashley uh, angle. <laughs> going to say or... like adultery still not all that cool in Saudi Arabia. Google it. Um, it just seemed like an interesting choice to continue if they're going to continue any of that angle. There, yeah. that seems unwise. And when I say the things backwards over there, I'm talking about the government, not not the people. No, and that's, I mean, I guess that's that's the underline, that's the, that's the final point we came to to sort of reconcile watching these. Great for the Saudi fans, questions, issues with the Saudi government and the WWE's relationship with them, but by no means do we begrudge the fans and their ability to watch wrestling. Yeah, life. I feel, you know, it's really cool seeing how excited they are when they show, you know, the fans in the crowd that are, are there to watch it, you know. They, you know. Clearly there are some there that are with the, you know, you know, government, you know, given the seats and stuff. But the, the ones that are fans, it's really cool that, you know, they, they really are enjoying themselves. And I'll just say this real quick about Crown Jewel tomorrow. They, 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 WWE actually has an opportunity here in the Fiend, uh, in the Fiend Seth Rollins match. One, they can try to redeem themselves from the blunder that was the end of Hell in a Cell. And the fans clearly want the Fiend. The other thing they can do is that if they actually had a major title change on this show, that could give these that could give these Saudi shows a little bit of credibility, a little bit of oh, I do need to tune into this, even though it's in the middle of the day here in the U.S. or I politically don't like it. So they actually have an opportunity with this show from a from a booking standpoint. I'm not saying that Seth's going to lose, but they have an opportunity. Whether or not they take it, we'll see. Well, they did have a universal title change last year, where you know Brock beat Strowman to win the vacant title. Oh. Well, well, it was vacant. That's my point. I mean, so we knew that we we're going to have a new champion. This, this, if this happens because because of all the outpouring and all the, you know, the outrage of the Hell in a Cell finish, they could redeem themselves and grab people's attention. They'll make people, even if people don't watch and they read about it, they'll probably log on the network and at least check it out after that. Yeah. 
And finally, I think we got one more news story. Uh, we get a couple of quick ones. Jordan Miles, uh, oh, yes. that whole controversy, we covered it kind of in depth on Monday night. Uh, he since then issued a statement on the the tweets. Uh, he apologized for it. He said he had uh, he, he was kind of let rage kind of get the better of him online. Uh, he said he was emotionally charged up due to the shirt, which triggered past emotions. He said he's never going to be sorry for being himself or taking back his words. Uh, but uh, he said the tweets were completely disrespectful and were unprofessional. So, uh, you know, we'll see where they go uh, from there. Uh, and then Raw ratings. Uh, Raw was down. Uh, it drew the third lowest non-holiday audience ever, uh, just behind two other shows. It did 2.133 million viewers. The other two ones that were the lowest rated also did 2.13 rounded up. So, um yeah, bad sign. It, it dropped 17% from the first hour to the last hour. The last hour had the Lana uh, Bobby Lashley segment, which, you know, is a big hit on YouTube. It does 5 million views, but they make no money off of that. They don't even have a, a line item on their financials for YouTube. But, um, hmm. yeah, the, it's uh, one of the lowest rated Raws in history. And we're we're gonna get the lowest rated AEW, yeah. lowest rated NXT tonight, and I think we're gonna get the lowest rated SmackDown on Fox uh, this Friday. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, both AEW and NXT tonight. I mean, sixteen million people watched Game Six of the World Series. Game Seven's about to wrap up right now. You got to figure more than sixteen million there. They're both gonna be both wrestling shows are gonna be under one million tonight. I have to think. Yeah. Yep. Anything else? Uh, that's it. We're gonna be back tomorrow. Go Nationals. <laughs> okay. Uh, until next time, folks. I'm Glenn Rubin. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow, right after Crown, Crown Jewel, will be myself and Glenn's. And so this week only, the Winkly, instead of dropping on Thursday, it's going to drop on Friday. Justin will be joining Nick. Uh, they will uh, also be going on. Michael oh, Wiseman. Michael, I'm sorry. Michael Wiseman will be joining Nick, and they'll be also talking about Crown Jewel. But we'll ha- be live right after Crown Jewel tomorrow. Friday, Matt Morgan will be back. Tomorrow, it'll be me, Raj Justin Labar, talking about Crown Jewel. He's BP Matt Morgan on Twitter and Instagram. He's at Justin Labar. He's at Raj Geary underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubinson on Twitter, and we will catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.